Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. We are sitting down with Scott and Lyric today. Do you guys just want to introduce yourselves, where you're from, where you grew up? So my name is Scott, and um, yeah, I grew up uh, here. I mean, not too far from here, right by the Timpanogos Temple in, in uh, American Fork, Utah. Um, I went to Lone Peak High School, um, spent some of my childhood years in California and some other places, but primarily I was raised here. Mm. Did high school, went on a mission. I guess we'll, we'll get into some of that stuff. But um, And Lyric and I uh, met... I, I was sort of done with school, and, and we met uh, in Salt Lake. She was attending the LDS Business College, and we met um, in, in church, I guess. Singles Ward Success oh, Story. Yeah. 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 yeah, essentially, that's what it is. Okay. Um, uh, so, it yeah, is. I mean. Is that essentially like it is? No, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> where sorry, we met. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> well, I mean, there was some other, you know, circumstances or whatever. Right, but, I liked his roommate. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah, there's some stories there, but we won't, we won't, uh, we'll spare those for another episode. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's me. I'm, I'm uh, only boy. I have three, three, uh, three sisters. Um, I have five stepbrothers as well, but th- they came into the picture later uh, once we were, we were all, all grown. But yeah, I was raised with three girls and, and, you know, very close with my dad and, and a great family, you know, just wonderful upbringing. And, and just have been really fortunate to have met, you know, this woman. And uh, I'll, I don't know, I'll let you introduce yourself as well. Well, I'm Lyric, and I grew up actually in Idaho, Wendell, Idaho. Not a lot of people know that town. But, it's very um, small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I have three siblings, two brothers, one sister. Did grow up in the church. It's hard because I feel like we, like, were active, like we went, but I don't feel like we were you know like that mormon family that like we didn't we didn't do like fhe very much at home do all the things, yeah. we didn't yeah but like i like i loved church growing up i loved if like all my friends were there it's like where i wanted to be totally i loved like young women's like i feel like definitely like that was a place that i wanted to be yeah. and go we have three kids i take mm-hmm. care of them most of the time yeah kind of my thing where do you guys live do you live in utah county we do we live in lehigh mm, okay. yeah most of our marriage we've lived in in salt lake with a, a stint actually in texas we lived in houston for about three years um and we always were the people that said we'd never never move to utah county which, <laughs> which you should never say yeah. right <laughs> but it became necessary you know there was circumstances around needing a bigger home and anyway yeah some, oh, some that's things okay. i said i would never drive a minivan and here we are driving <laughs> minivans. Yes. we got our yes. little we, we haven't done that yet we we still haven't done the minivan thing but yeah so we live in we live in, yeah <laughs> that's right we actually we did have a minivan it was we, weird we did once we had a minivan <laughs> No, that's like, true. We had I forgot a about that. We had like one kid, so that's why it was weird. That was it was weird. like anyway. We didn't but... need a minivan. But <laughs> yeah. We had a minivan. So but we also uh... clearly learned from it, and we grew. <laughs> yeah. right? Yes, we don't yeah. have one now. <laughs> so lots of times when you are exiting the religion or having questions or doubts, I know a, 
something that's commonly said is like, oh, well, you must not have been that invested. Your testimony mm-hmm. wasn't that strong or you must be sinning. Like there, there's like this justification for right. like why you would right. have questions. And so before we get started, I would love if you had like maybe one or two experiences you could share that would illustrate how invested you are. Sure. Like this isn't like a willy nilly decision. Right, right. Absolutely. So uh, my family growing up, and I just want to say this from the outset, wonderful mm-hmm. family, wonderful upbringing. You know, my parents, um, just the best you could ask for. And, and we were extremely uh, active, very orthodox family. And, and that's all I knew. It was, mm-hmm. you know, very, very literal. You know, my, my dad loved teaching us, you know, the, 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 the gospel. That's what he loved to do. So, you know, everyone has their own path within, within that in a family like that. You know, I would say, you know, for me, a couple defining moments. Um, my dad actually died when I was, gosh, I was almost 19. So right around mission time. Um, he he had been sick. had a couple of liver transplants. Long story, but it was, it was unexpected in the moment. But he'd been sick for a while, so it was always sort of this possibility. So I think my mission call was supposed to come on the day of his funeral. And, and they, my bishop, being wise... You know, called and had that had it delayed. So, so and that's obviously too much. So it came a few weeks later, and and I remember going through this just really, really gut wrenching, difficult time in yeah. deciding, like, can I go? I mean, I never pictured that my mission being without him. You know, we were yeah. he and I were extremely close, and and I never never envisioned being on a mission and not you know not getting letters from him, and and so. That certainly was a defining moment, and um, I was all in completely. And so I, I went. Uh, it was it was a good experience. I, I you know it was hard given the the recency of his passing, um, certainly. And I don't think I did a good job of processing that on a mission. I, I did what you're supposed to do on missions, which is teach and, and proselyte, and that's what I did. And I worked hard. Um, I had success. I, I had a you know it was a life-changing experience as it is for mo- for a lot of people. I actually served uh, as in Houston as well. We ended up living, Lyric and I and the kids ended up living um, in my mission when I, you know, later in life. But, you know, it was a Spanish-speaking mission in Houston and um, I, I, I grew up in American Fork, Utah, and then was put into this environment in, you know, some really kind of poor areas of Houston that was just eye-opening to say the least for me. And so to answer your question directly, I was very, very invested and I sacrificed and gave a lot and was doing all the things, you know, um, uh, to that point and beyond in my life. Um, so that's what, certainly one example I would, I would point to would be, you know, the experience of losing my father, leaning on what I was taught in church to help me get through that. And it did help me get through that. And family and community helped me get through that, you know, that decision to go on a mission, um, Certainly, I think is is a was a defining moment, and and one that I don't regret. You know, maybe the timing of it a little bit. It probably wasn't the healthiest thing to do uh, at that point, being you know so soon after my father passed. Because when I got home from my mission, I really, I really struggled. I came home, and I think a lot of you know people around me, you know, had spent those two years mourning, mm-hmm. and I just put my life on pause. And I came home, and I, there was just this hole, this this void that that he left and um and so it took it took I, I struggled I went through some hard times and 
it really wasn't until you know Lyric came along and I found her that I felt that that void you know replaced uh, and so anyway but the the church was all I knew how to get through any of this that's the only coping you know skills that I had were around what you're taught and I and I not going to say those things are bad or wrong they they aren't you know I think um I it helped me a lot but I think that there were some some moments that um and some phases or periods in my life during that time after my mission that um that I don't I don't I don't think that uh it 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 served me so so well and and I don't know that that's anyone else's fault but my own I don't know but you know it was a hard time Again, to the specific question, very invested. Um, it's, I mean, can I? Yeah, I feel please. Like, yeah. I mean, in our married life, there's yeah. been twice that we've been called as like a couple to serve in another ward. Um, like when we lived downtown, we we were attending a ward, and they needed two families to attend this ward that was like the the members were kind of like old and dying off, and they weren't the houses weren't getting replaced with like members, right? So they needed people that were, and I feel like we got called to do that. And I don't feel like you call people who are just like half in to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were reliable. We were there every Sunday. We did our calling. With strong testimony. Yeah. Sure. Like we, yeah, Yeah. right. And, And to be honest, like that was like the first one that we got called to, like such an amazing experience in our life. Like I feel like, like that ward needed us, but we needed those people to teach us Sure. Kind of like I like that was the first time in my life that I was like, oh, this is like the gospel of Jesus Christ, like the way these people lived and the neighbors they were and how they cared about people. Right. So that was really neat. And then probably like a year or two into that ward, we got called to serve with the Swahili branch, which is all refugees. Right. And that took up so much of our time. And I once again, I don't think you call people to that, that like, you know, they're just kind of like coming to church. Like we definitely were like all in. Yeah. Doing everything, you know, raising yeah. our kids. And, and another experience in our life that, like, man, like, those kids, like, I still look at those kids, and they're all, I mean, now they're, they're like, family. in college, and yeah. they're getting married, and I'm like, oh, man, these kids. And they taught us so much. Like, they opened my eyes to things that, like, growing up in Idaho and living here in Utah, like, I had no idea that, like, you know, like, poverty or just, like, the struggles, like, that people face, right? And I think even, like, the narrative of, like, oh, refugees just come and, like, suck all of our funds right and no like these are people trying for something better and so that was like a really neat experience but like those are two things that we did without even hesitation i mean they we got called into the bishop and asked to do it and we were like of course of course right and so yeah like i don't i don't think as much as when scott finally told me that like things were crumbling and this wasn't working for him like i it opened i was like it made sense i feel like never would i have ever thought that this is where we would be Right. Like as a couple, as a family, as individuals. Because your relationship had been founded on the principles of the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so to, you know, kind of chronologically, you know, when Lyric came along, um, so we got married in 2005. So that, that summer, I mean, so we got married in the temple. I mean, you know, we did, did all the, all the things and, and, you know, started our life and, um, and yeah, and, and, and those are that's those are great examples those the um, those two wards, and and really I I would just comment on the the time we spent in that refugee uh, branch was honestly was life changing for us you know mm-hmm. just I mean to to say it opened our eyes and and helped us learn you know empathy and 
a lot of just incredible things. Um, that would be an understatement, right? But um, so in terms of the church, we were, it was a, it was chaotic at best, right? <laughs> yeah. So we, we weren't teaching out of the manuals or the lesson. It was, you know, it was, it was very chaotic, but that was to me was what, what pure religion felt like to me because it was just people trying to help people, yeah. right? And, and learn from from each other and grow and it just was there just was a, this great feeling of love but but we weren't doing any of the things that that a, a typical ward would do it just logistically was just so challenging with yeah. you know just the nature of, of of issues and challenges that come with refugees and, and what they've been through and 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 culturally as well so so that that, that that's definitely an interesting time and, and and yes certainly illustrates again you know we've been in fully invested yeah. and that's just Yes, our, our relationship was founded on on it. Um, we've built our family around it. Scott, oh my gosh, I like knew part of that, but I, that was beautiful. yeah. Thank well, you for sharing. You're that welcome. With us. Yeah, thank that you. Was very beautiful. <laughs> so you kind of alluded to there came a point where yeah, your faith or like mm-hmm. your trust in this institution started crumbling. Right. So you're going through this alone because she said like, oh, For a it time. was kind of mm-hmm. surprising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what ideas or concepts or situations sparked that yeah. that um, hmm, wonder? Or yeah, sure. Um, I've spent, a, obviously, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, mm-hmm. right? I, I kind of have to go back to my childhood even really to, to fully explain this. And again, raised in a beautiful, loving home, very, very, you know, faithful members of the church. And and things were interpreted and taught very literally because that's what, you know, that's that's what the church teaches. You know, yeah. the, the certain things are, are literal, and this is what this is how things happen and, and whatnot. And I, I guess I was born with a bit of a, I, I guess I call it a skeptical brain or mind. It, you know, I I question things naturally. That's just sort of, I guess, the way I'm wired. I remember as a kid, you know, I was I had I had an obsession with um, with Indiana Jones. As a kid, and and consequently, like archaeology, I was just super interested in that. Wanted to be an archaeologist. Still, probably wish I would have done that. But yeah, it's like you still, I still, still wish that. Yeah. Seems like such a cool thing. But anyway, um, I and so I had this this interest, and in, you know, we we would read the Book of Mormon every night, and and naturally, my mind would go to, well, this is gonna be so cool when they find, you know, the land Zarahemla, and when yeah. they find, you know, whatever, all these these just amazing stories we were reading. Um, and good stories, you know, and I just thought this is gonna be so cool. And, 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 you know, time would go on and, and it just, you know, those things weren't happening. And, and so there were just these little things that, that would sort of, I guess, you know, bother me, but I would, but I would quickly shun those feelings as that's, you're not, that's, that is not faithfulness. And, mm-hmm. and to me, this question has been asked to me a few times, um, you know, where does faith play a role in all of this and and at that time I was I was living under the the concept of you know that faith is the belief or acknowledgement of something in in, in the, with the lack of evidence to support it and I was fine with that you know okay so it's you know there's we need to have faith and so on on we go and I you know marched my way through life and 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 those sorts of things would periodically you know kind of rear their head and say you know something in my mind I think even in my mm. heart would say, you know, something isn't, something's not quite right with how this is, how all this has been taught. Mm-hmm. And again, over and over and over again, I would just. Well, could shove I? It down. I yeah, just want to ask. Um, mm-hmm. 
Because as a woman, I feel like that kind of comes into play a lot. You hear like this insecurity or like in self in that way. Were you kind of experiencing that? Were you like, oh, like that, that's a weird feeling. I shouldn't, yes. I shouldn't think that. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, it made, I felt like by entertaining those thoughts, I was giving into the adversary or I was, yeah. I was, um, like it was sinful. It was, yeah. 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 I mean, it, there's, you know, some shame around it. And so I would just shove them aside, you know, and, and, yeah. and that becomes a theme, you know, as you know, I talk about where I'm at now, not to jump ahead or anything, but it feels like I, I almost muted a part of me for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, just put the mute, hit the mute button or shoved it aside or whatever. Oh, I like that analogy. That's and and it just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was not honoring who, who I am as a person and this part of me that, that honors fact and truth and wants to know and asks questions, you know, yeah. I, and, I, and like chases the curiosity yeah. and like, yeah, yes. wants to find that discovery, that aha the moment, discovery. that's right. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 So, as, so that went went on for the better part of gosh I'm, I'm 40 now so 35 plus years of my life where I, that's just what I would do it you know finally got to a point and I don't remember if there was like a specific moment where I just said I'm no I'm gonna unmute this side of me or I'm gonna explore these things I don't remember that moment I don't I honestly don't but at, at some point I I just decided that no I need to know <laughs> like. I need to know. And th- at this point, this is, you know, things like the CES letter had, had been released. Mm. and um, I don't know what that is. The, okay, so the CES letter, just as a quick overview, is, um, I don't remember the, the man's name, Richard something, I believe, wrote this this paper. And it's a living document that goes over some, some really, some issues with church history, you know, the Book of Mormon, church history, all kinds of things, translation, you know, just... Yeah. I, there's a, there's a whole list of things, and it was put into one place and then made accessible on the internet. That that type of thing for the first time. Yeah. And and, and honestly, you know, the the first reaction, even myself, the first time I heard of it was that's anti Mormon literature. It's anti Mormon, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what you're taught. I mean, anything that's not released by the church or or endorsed by the church that speaks of the church history is anti or or can't be trusted, which always raised a red flag in my mind. You know that that seems odd, right? Mm-hmm. That we should, yeah. If it's true, we should be open to allowing yeah. it to be researched and inspected, and it should hold up to that, right? Yeah. And so the CES letter was was released. And the hope was is that I think there was a an agreement between the author and someone who worked for the CES, the Church Education System, to respond to it. He re, he wrote it with the, the expectation that he that this this person in the church education system would respond and answer these questions. And, and that didn't happen. Not too long thereafter, the gospel topic essays were released by the church, though, that address a lot of the, a lot of the same topics, a lot of the same issues. Polygamy in the early church with Joseph Smith and things that, you know, growing up, frankly, I was told weren't, were not true, you know, yeah. um, around a very various things, right? And so um, that's what the CES letter is. And so things like that came out. And, the, and the, so it's this like a is a lot of questions. It is a lot like, of questions. Yeah. They've come and like answered them now, though, right? Like you can go. The church? Yeah. Isn't there like. That's what the gospel they, topic essays right. are. So are like response. all these answers to. Yeah. The it's the church's response to many. It's not direct. It, it doesn't say 
this is our like this is the church two. right <laughs> response to the CS letter. They're not going to even acknowledge that you know that it, that exists. I would think, but it was you know it was sequentially that that came out caused a big stir. Mm. You know, people. Um, that's it's the point of uh, a lot of people that you know that we've talked to and know their their shelf kind of crumbles when they when they read that because it's just it's it's challenging. Yeah. It's and and just to address the idea of of you know it being anti-Mormon. You know, I think that there are parts of that that are a little challenging with tone, maybe a little, maybe a little condescending. But what it is 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 history, and it's it's just well-researched, cited historical fact. Okay. And so, and 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 so that's that's you know that that was hard for me to to you know read those things or or come across those things. And growing up, you know, by the church specifically, especially as a missionary. I was told a lot of this, a lot of these things that the now church, the church now accepts as true. Back then, I was told that was anti-Mormon and it was a lie, oh. you know. And so, I can't. That's that's really difficult for me to reconcile. So, when you're on your mission, is this when you start hearing anti-Mormon things? Like, you know, do a smooth y- marriage yes. fourteen-year-old. This is when you, yes. the yeah. first time you're hearing this. Yeah, for, pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. like growing up around here, you don't hear, you don't in American Fork, you don't. Yeah. People aren't talking about those things, right? Yeah. So sure, yes, and and we would we would see anti-Mormon pamphlets, and they would be given to us, and they always felt dirty, and we can't don't even look yeah. at it. And and I'm sure a lot of it was fabricated. I don't know, but but there the 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 bottom line is is a lot of the stuff that that that, that previously known as anti-Mormon doctrine or literature, you know, the church now acknowledges is true. And it was a lot of those things. Yeah, yeah. you know, Joseph Smith had, you know, married children or you know whatever. Um, and and <laughs> whatever, like we know, that's how it's. That's people right. don't say that. They say, "Oh, he married young young girls." No, he's, or he, he, married, he, he married young women. Yeah. No, he married children. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. And so you know, anyway. So there's 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 just yeah. So it was a lot of those things that that came out. So the, even the gospel topic essays for me, um, the responses to those questions were were a moment where where I where I realized that things were not what I was told they were. Right, mm. um, the the translation of the Book of Abraham. It's a big one for a lot of people because the church in the Gospel topic essays says that it is acknowledged now by by Egyptologists that it, it is a complete fa- completely fabricated translation. In quotes, it, it doesn't say the word the name Abraham in it. Not even once. It's it's a it's just a general generic uh, funeral script that they buried with with people in in, in Egypt and and. And part of their burial process. So I'm reading that and thinking, that's part of the standard works that yeah. you know I was taught was that was scripture in a literal translation. And now the church themselves are telling me, oh, it's actually not. And yeah. and and they have you know. And listen, I'm one of the things that I've let go of through all of this is the idea of certainty, right? So yeah. I don't I don't pretend to, to know, you know. If God has grand designs, and and His idea was, we need the Book of Abraham as it exists today in Mormon Scripture to be released. So we're gonna give Joseph Smith this this papyrus and have him translate it to give a message that I want delivered. That I being you know God speaking. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's and that's sort of the the angle that the church takes that it's still it's inspired, it's still inspired um, Scripture, mm-hmm. but it's not a literal translation. So. And I don't know. I mean, I, again, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm letting go of certainty. So I don't, yeah. that, sure, I, I suppose that could be right. 
But what I do know is what I was taught. And there's and it feels like, you know, there's some there's some gaslighting that goes on yeah. around that that, you know, yeah. uh it, it feels like there you know, some in the church or or would would have me believe that that's not what I was taught, but mm-hmm. I know what I was taught. Yeah. You know, so so those were oh. those were moments. Oh, because mm-hmm. like as this stuff comes to surface, then they need they'll, to make sense they'll make it. statements and put on. Like I remember hearing not very long ago, they made a statement that said, "We never said you will be a god of other universes." And I was like, "What? Yeah, no, yeah, no, you talked about that yeah. uh, to get specifically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I would, I am, I am living my life so that I can be God's wife, one of them, um, and and rule over a world." Right, like that. If that right. this is a story yes. you're telling me, and so, but then they made a statement that said we actually didn't teach that, mm-hmm. and and that is gaslighting. You're yes, like, no, no, no. I remember mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that exact sentence. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So this is the kind of stuff that yeah. starts mm-hmm. as these things are coming out into access to the internet, and you're coming across mm-hmm. this, and you're like, no, you told me that though. Right. Okay. And so, you know, this was probably, so I don't know, when it's been, help me with the year, you know, chronology here. It's been three years probably since I, in December, yeah, maybe I mean, three years since I told maybe you. Maybe like. Maybe four. Four. Maybe four years. What, what was oh, okay. that? Okay, so what let me. What was that moment? Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, I, this I is mean, all, no, you, you go ahead. That's well, all. I was just going to say, like, I mean, before he told me, like, there were already things happening. Like, I could tell that he, like, wasn't happy at church. Do mm. you know what I mean? So, like, at this yeah. point, we were living in Salt Lake. This, there's, like, me. some unspoken themes yeah, going and, on here. Yeah, and we also, I mean, like, there are things that us as a couple are, like, not happy with going on in the church, right? Like, we definitely are, like, a family that, like, really, like, strives to, like, support the LGBTQ community, right? So, like, we're going to, like, protests and rallies and flying a flag. And, right, but I feel like that was safe because, like, we both felt that way. <laughs> like, it was, mm-hmm. right? But as... Like, but then I start realizing that, like, no, he's, like, just not happy at church. Like, he was kind of traveling a lot for work at that time. I was, like, right? Like, when mm-hmm. we were living, you're, like, yeah. working for Dino. And th- so there was weekends that he wouldn't be there um, because of work. And then he would he would be there and we would go. But, like, even people in the ward would make comments to me that he wasn't, that he was inactive. And I was, like, oh, no, no, like, Scott's just a, like, he's gone away for work, mm. like, these things. But I feel like when he was there, he wasn't. Like, he wasn't building the relationships or maybe putting himself out there like he had previously in other wards, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I could feel that. I could sense it. I just wasn't sure, like, what it was. And I didn't want to, like, yeah. I didn't want to, like, tap the beast, right? As, like, a, <laughs> like, not that he's, like, a beast, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just was kind of like, well, I'm making it work and it's fine and, like, it will be fine. Okay, like, like we're just going to keep mm-hmm. on going. It's yeah. Fine. Everything is, yeah. Everything is fine, everybody. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Everything is Always fine. Well. That's how I live my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> everything is <laughs> so fine. Like, Nothing to see here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so and I do feel like previous yeah. to that, like I mean, I don't know, maybe like six months before you told me, like our son was going through a lot, and I like I remember in the car freaking out to you, being like, "Why are we even doing this church thing anymore? I'm so upset. Like our son is hurting, and we're like praying and asking for help, and nothing is coming, right? Like I felt that so strongly, like he is suffering and I'm doing everything I can. Like we're in therapy, like we're going to see doctors, like we're doing all these things. And I remember at that point you looked at me and were like, well, we, we have to cling to the gospel. Like yeah, we was, can't like throw poignant. the gospel away. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's what I want to do at this point. Having no idea that he was like not in a good space it, with the gospel, was, right? That so was that was really, interesting to me because I do yeah. feel like, I remember when he kind of 
Because then for me, I was like, you're right. I need to cling to this and I need to pray and I need to do my things, right? Like be be a faithful servant. And I did. I kind of just clung on and went forward. Yeah. And then he comes out to me like months later and I was like, I was yeah. dirty. It was a, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a very hard moment because, yeah, I was going through all of this, but it was a, out, it felt out of nowhere that she had this sort of, you know, this, this reaction, right? And this, this, she released these thoughts or these feelings. And, and I remember just, it was like, I, I just didn't know what to say. Cause I knew I'm like, I'm, I'm, yes, I, like, I don't, I don't know what I, I, we haven't, we haven't talked about this, but like, the only thing I knew to say was like, no, like, I, I, I got scared. I got yeah. like very scared because, you know, the, the stepping into the unknown, we weren't ready for, at that, in that moment, we weren't ready to step into the unknown, yeah. you know, and, and, and it, I remember it being very, you know, that, yes, very, very pivotal moment. And so, you know, month, a few months later, I remember it was on the way to my work Christmas party oh, of all yeah. times. <laughs> but I remember driving and, you know, like, yeah. you know how sometimes when you, you're with someone you love and you're like, I've got to say this thing. And it's like it's coming out and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And and I just remember that, you know, this like lump in your throat feeling anxious. And I just and I just told her and I said, Lyric, I I'm I don't know what to do. Like I'm I don't believe I, I I don't believe I've learned these things and I've mm-hmm. I'm struggling and I don't know what to do and I you know and so that was the the moment and and I we were able to go and have a good time at the party so that was nice but uh, you know that was the beginning for us of this of this journey right? well and I also feel like you know I like we're kind of like in some of these groups like mixed faith marriage and you know what I mean different things like and I feel like you see these things where like the spouse comes out and the other spouse is like so hurt or like um, torn up about it. And I never, I never felt that, to be honest. I feel like we, he talked about it. He openly talked about like, like he did about his childhood and things that he even was concerned with as a child, right? And I feel like as he shared that with me, like there were like things, not like bad things, but just things that had happened in our marriage and different things that I couldn't like understand, right? Like he would do things and I would be like, I just don't understand why you keep doing that, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like when he came, like just opened up about all of it to me, I went, oh, this all makes sense. Like I could tell that he was just hurting, like he'd been hurting our whole marriage and trying to like figure it it out. Mm -hmm. And like that was where everything came from. And to be honest, like I just, like I was like, Let's figure it out then. Like, it, it, whether that means Scott's in the church in like, you know, like through this whole process or Scott's out of the church, like, I just want like happy, like Scott. That's all I wanted, yeah. right? Like, I don't feel like, you know, we can be like good spouses, good parents, good people in the community if we aren't like okay with ourselves, right? And so for me, I was like, let's just figure it out. And I don't care where you where you end up. Yeah, I mean, like in the church aspect of it, yeah, right. you know? Which, which I recognize openly and it, and frequently, I think that I understand that within the church, within an active couple in the church, that's that's rare. It's very like, unlikely. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Eric it's, it's, is a incredible human. Yes, hundred <laughs> really, percent. No, else. Tr- truthfully, I mean, because the way I was raised was this is this is not an option. Like what I'm what I'm doing is not an option. The way I was taught in the church and my family, and again no no not to disparage what i was taught or how i was taught that's just what it was it just was never ever an option and so there's a lot of deconstructing you have to do to, to figure out 
how that becomes an option. And, and, but it became, you know, easier. And, um, I want to touch on a couple of things she said, but as time progressed, it became easier as I embraced who I am. It's become easier. And I think I've become a better person Mm -hmm. and I don't want to get to the punchline yet. We're not there yet, but (laughs) so I want to go back though, just as something that she talked about, about what it was like going to church during those, during that time when I was, when I was really struggling with the crisis moment of the transition. And it, it was, and we were talking about this with some friends last night that I remember in those, in those times feeling a, a, just a sense of loss. Like I would go and, and I would be, I'd have all these emotions. Like I'd be upset by things that were said that I knew were wrong or, or, you know, and I would feel sadness and I'd feel emptiness because there was certainly times in my life that we've described specifically, you know, in the Swahili branch and other times when the church, I loved it. I loved going to church on my mission. I loved going to church. The church supported our family and growing up and during really difficult times. And so it was like this, I felt, I felt myself disconnecting from that. And it was really, really sad. And, and I felt angry. And so in the, in those moments, I I do remember sitting in, in church, just feeling this unfamiliar sense of grief that, you know, this thing was changing in my life and there's nothing, there was nothing I could do about it at that point, you know? And, and so that was really hard. And, um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to, to, to comment on that because it, it, you know, it's a, it's something that I've thought about recently that, you know, why was I so miserable? And I think that's what it was, you know, it's just at church. It's, it was like this, this used, I used, I loved church, <laughs> you know, at a point in my life and, and um, and by embracing my my true self and acknowledging yeah. what I see as as truth in fact, I'm now losing this thing that I love, and that yeah. that that that's hard. Uh-huh. Not to say that I can't have a relationship with it at some point. I don't know, but like at that point, it was it was it felt yeah. very much a lot of loss. So so you yeah. were really going through like a process of grief. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. You know that went on, so we 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 moved to Lehigh, and and so and I don't know if we're to the point yet. We want to talk about when when I made the decision to stop going. But oh wait, do, do you so want to get there? Yeah, you're still going. Oh, still yeah. going. So, so you yeah. you tell I mean, like we, sitting at the church pews, just like pissed yeah. is how he looks, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he, I mean, I don't hide. Scott can be well. yeah. Like if you know Scott and he likes you, he's a really good time. But if Scott doesn't know you or like you it is obvious <laughs> <laughs> that's true. and that's how it was like we move into this new war no, i try i didn't try but i did and no, I did he try. just <laughs> looks so mad okay, all the time he had already told you oh yeah i mean leave. scott continued but, to go for probably three years after telling me that like this isn't working for me and it wasn't because i required it like no, no. i definitely know spouses I just that are like ready. you will get up you'll help me get the kids to church and you will sit there right and i was like no. She never. I honestly like. It came a point where I finally looked at him and said, "It would be better if you don't go because, yeah. like, the stress of getting the kids ready for church and you're like, not in a good headspace the whole time. Well, and kids feel that, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, like yeah. oh, like there's like a resistance, and so yeah. that could be challenging as a mom yeah. where you're trying yeah. to get everybody going, and yeah. it's like, I love you, but stay behind. And it would like, be easier. Yes, and I yeah. am right. like a. 
I am really good at faking it, right? She so, is. like, I could be... <laughs> no, it's really... Girl. I, like, I could be the person that, like, I am having the worst day, but you'd have no idea, sure, right? Yeah. So it's really hard for me to sit there at church knowing that he's hating it, but I'm like, could you just put a smile on? Could you just... <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, yeah. not, not everyone has to know you hate it here. Like, and yeah. it's probably one of those things that, like, nobody else noticed. Like, it was just, like, me. Because, like, you sure. know what I mean? But, like, it was hard. And it did, did get to a point that I was, like... I feel like it'd be better if you just didn't go. But then it's like, we have three kids and this is how we've raised them. So then how do we, how do we There's go? A lot to so yeah. Dad's going to go hiking on Sunday and you have to come with me to church because what would you rather do? Right? Yeah. So, so the moment really where uh, I guess it was sort of convenient where when I stopped going was, was about the time that the church was canceled, or, you know, I guess in person meetings are canceled due to the pandemic. So there was this like super convenient exit for me where I where yeah well no one's going so I'm not gonna go and then when I just won't go back and yeah. and that's sort of what what, what 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 I've done not to say that there weren't hard moments during the pandemic certainly were because yeah. and now now trans you know the, the idea was we're doing church you're doing church at home and um so little additional background so we have us in our home we also have lyrics mom who lives with us in our in our basement and so I felt just terrible. Um, one thing I've, I've tried th- throughout before I talk about this specifically is to go through this with integrity, right? So for example, I'm, I'm going through this faith transition and I'm, I'm not sure what I believe and, you know, and I'm really challenged in those areas. I don't feel like I should be blessing the sacrament at home. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I should be performing priesthood mm-hmm. blessings I don't feel like I should be baptizing my child, which we'll get you know, maybe get to that. But and and you know you can go either way. I think lyric. Yeah, because I don't yeah. see it. I'm. I, I don't know if we still do. I am. This, but yeah, 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 like as a person, I'm like, oh my gosh, just bless bless the sacrament. Like it's you know, fine. Just do you know? it. And, <laughs> because but, like it was a need that needed to happen in the house, and I'm like, just yeah. do it. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Right. This touches on something though that silly. we talked about just briefly before we started recording around the way men are raised in the church, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to touch on that for a minute. Um, the priesthood is obviously something that's extremely important. It's the basis of the restoration of the church. Yeah. It's all of these things. It's the power to you know act in the name of God on earth. You know all the, all of that. And being raised at the time that I was, you know, so I you know I graduated high school um, in 2000. So grew up in the 90s, and, and I think it's still this way to an extent. But I think they've less you know kind of backed off some of this messaging but you're really your your value and worth not directly they wouldn't say you are a bad person if you're not a priesthood holder but that's essential or a worthy priesthood holder but that's essentially the message that's yeah. delivered and and your 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 value and your worth and your all of it is wrapped up in this idea of being a worthy priesthood holder in your home that is yeah. in no uncertain terms what is taught what you are to be and that is yeah. a successful you can you can have all the success professionally you want, financially. Yeah. It's all nothing if you don't if you're not a worthy priesthood holder in the home. And it's, is this like yeah. compounded for you especially because, at I mean at a certain time in your life you are the priesthood holder like you yeah. you don't have your dad to lean on and you have all these sisters yes. and your mom and so now this is like yes this is on you a hundred percent that's very that's a very insightful question and thought because yes i mean so i was raised but i mean again my father and i were, were very close mm-hmm. i mean he's the type of dad like if you ask me or any of my three sisters 
who who was dad's favorite each of us would say me and none of us would be wrong yeah. right yeah. like and somehow he was able to do that and and truthfully i mean and i was his only son so like mm-hmm. you know he had this idea and these hopes and dreams for me mm-hmm. and like that i mean that pressure and alone it just it's just really difficult and yeah. so um yes and so you know when the, those months before i left and then after and even after my mission um, yes, I, I was, you know, the priesthood holder for, you know, my one sister was married, my older sister was married by the time I got home, but for my mom and, and um, that, that role meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to them. So um, I always took that very seriously because that's what I, I was taught. Right. And so back to the pandemic and, and, and the sacrament, I just felt like I want, I want my kids to know that even if I don't necessarily believe it, I understand that to people this is something that is meaningful and sacred. Mm-hmm. And I was taught it was, so I'm not going to do this thing. And I, I I, believed, and I think I still believe that there's a lesson in that for them, that they're not, they, they're not going to look back and see any time where their dad was faking it, whether he was in or out. I, I was authentic and true, you know, no matter what. And so, so that all that to say, it, although the pandemic allowed for a, a somewhat convenient exit from church attendance for me, it also presented its own challenges, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, we, you know, we, we got through that. My mother-in-law was very gracious about it. She's seen a lot of this in real time. Not that we're, you know, she's not in our bedroom when I'm crying and mm-hmm. going through it, but she understands, right? I think, you know, sort of what, what we're going through, and she's been wonderful and kind about it. Um, I don't think she understands. Um, uh, I think she's... She's worried, you know, that that uh, the path that I've chosen and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, where where does this leave? You know, where's Lyric and the kids and all of that? But she's been great about it. So we, we did get through that time. And, and as church started up again, I just, you know, at that point we had conversations around, well, I'm not going to go. So we just need to work through this. You know, how do what what does this mean for our kids? And it's it's been not been easy. It, you know, there's it's been messy yeah. at times. I don't know if you want to speak to that, but yeah, you know, because what are the ages of your kids? Yeah, I think the so, ages of so, your kids play a big yeah. role in this. So it, we've got a thirteen year old mm-hmm. boy that yeah. probably helps to like and then we have an eight year old boy, just turned eight, and a five year old little girl. Yeah. So, so it has been I mean, I yeah, like it kinda like we've kinda decided that they go, but we've also kind of the thirteen year old we've made it more like optional which is hard. I mean, he still seems young for that, but but he's also like the one that we talk to a lot and he expresses things and so but he's having yeah. struggles with church. Mm-hmm. And um and I'm okay with like I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with him like figuring out what he really feels. Um I think what's hard for me is like I have sat in the church pews with like my 5-year-old screaming that she wants to go home to dad. <laughs> like just crying and I feel like I already stick out like a sore thumb, right? Like I'm already the mom who's coming in like with my kids sitting with my mom um in church and and now I have a 5-year-old that's like vocally screaming that she'd like to go home to dad. And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, okay, like we need to stop doing that." Um that's embarrassing. <laughs> but but it's also given us like opportunity to talk to our kids about things that like we never would have talked about, right? Like, in so I'm many ways. About what we've done about um, school blessings. Yeah, and how so we've that's that. and that's the thing is like we come with these areas we have to kind of like figure out like mm-hmm. father's blessings, and that's another thing that I go, you're their father, and you have every right to give them a blessing. And Scott's like, that's tied to the priesthood, and I'm like, 
okay, but I feel like you're their dad and you can do it, right? So we have to come together as a couple and say what feels best for us. So let me just make one statement before we continue, just about <laughs> us, right, her and I. So again, I, I've told you how I was raised. She, Lyric ha, is, has a wonderful mind and heart and has this ability to see nuance and find beauty in whatever she's in. Yeah. You know, where I, it's like I was, it, I was so black raised... And and yeah, everything was so black and white. And so it's like, there's not, I don't, I struggle with that, mm-hmm. you know? And so to hear her say that, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like I am their father. Like I can, I can do that if I want. But, mm-hmm. but again, it just, it, there's something in my mind that just says, nope, you, you can't do that thing. So find another thing that you can do mm-hmm. that, will, that will, you know, bring the same sort of value. And anyway, I'll yeah, let you. So, I mean, like we just decided what worked for us and we like, I mean, we have to go to all the details, but we went up to the mountains and. We talked with our kids. Like, what are you worried about? What are you not like? In place of the, so let me let me just just real quick. So for those who may be listening, there's a tradition mm-hmm. in in the church in the Mormon church where you the, a father gives blessings to their children, like the night before school starts, and that always for me growing up we did every year. I think you guys yeah yeah. So anyway, yeah, so that's they matter to me. So, so we so, yeah. So so we anyway. So I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. But it's just a little background. And so yes, yeah. we, we went so up like, the mountains. So we go up the mountains. Um, and we like had a big family prayer. Like we talked about what their worries were and their excitements and and then we pray about it. And like that was two years ago. So then this year rolls around and it was interesting because our kids were like, We're doing that again, right? Like we're gonna go we're gonna go have our yeah. moment in the mountains. And I was like, Yeah, like like this matters to you. And I also feel like um as a woman who some of my issues with the church have a little bit to do with like women being valued in the church. Um, this time Scott was like, Why don't you pray? And I was like that's right. I can pray, you know, and I, and I did. And it was like, I mean, I like sobbed because as you can tell, like I yeah. clearly cry and, um, and it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I also think like being able to come, like, I feel like before I would have been like, Hey, father's blessings. And it would have been like all on Scott, right? Like we wouldn't have talked about it. Yeah. He would have just sat down and the kids would have got their blessing and we would have moved on. And we've had to like, we've had to like talk about it and had to say like, Okay. You know, it's like interesting too because we have to give it. I have to give space. Like I feel like I have to be like, okay, this really matters to me, and and I need to see like where where like how it feels for you. But we need to figure out if it doesn't feel right for you, like how we make it work because it still does matter to me, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's something. Um, with same situation, like we've had a son that got like moved up in the priesthood, and we had a son that was baptized. And I tell you, like conversations that I know we wouldn't have had because we didn't have them when our first son got baptized, right? We just yeah. did all the emotions. We, like, yeah. he got baptized. We did it. Check. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but, like, here we are, like, having to talk about, like, how do we want to make this matter, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do how do we make it so we both feel good about it, you know? And where does, like, what does that even mean? And, and it's interesting, too, because, like, then we're having these conversations with our kids. Like, I mean, we sat down talking with our 8-year-old being, like, what do you, what do you really want? Like, do you want to be baptized? And why does this matter to you? We've had some really neat conversations with our 13-year-old, you know, like yeah. when he's advancing in the priesthood and like what it matters to him. And I don't know, like I just, that might seem odd to those who are like really in to be like, well, you you know, like you're missing part of it. But I think that we're actually like getting so much more mm-hmm. because we're having to juggle each other's feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I really think before we wouldn't have, like mm-hmm. we, we wouldn't, I know we wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So we would have done it with all, all the meaning and that we felt we needed to, but yeah, it, you know, when you, when you remove, at least in my case, 
or or the relationship with like a church that is so such such a high demand mm-hmm. you know religion and you remove you remove that you're forced to reckon reconcile a lot and, yeah. and figure out like what okay so i know i know what i've always been taught but like what what, what do i yeah think <laughs> yeah what do, what do i believe independent of that like what it, and, and i don't like mean to matters, say right yeah, like what matters to yeah me and i don't mean to imply that like the church to- told me what to think I, I think some would argue that they that it does, yeah. but yeah. I, I, I don't. I would argue that. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not. You know, so I'll let everyone. But sure, you know. But I, I guess I just I'll let I'll give space for that. That you yeah. know, some may say, well, they're, no, they're not telling you. They're teaching you principle or whatever. But you know, for me, I this has just it, it's just this freedom to like, what do I actually believe? Yeah. And then consequently, we have those conversations with our kids. We're seeing our kids think critically and. Yeah. In yeah. ways that they maybe wouldn't, you know, at this point in their life, if if we were still, you know, fully in the church. Mm-hmm. But, and can all that happen while you're in the church? Yes. This is our, you know, in our story, this is, you know, what it's provided for us. And Well, I think that's really, I just, well, first of all, I know you guys as parents and your kids are the coolest. <laughs> um, but I, something that I really like about that is you are giving them a space to ask these questions in front of you. Yeah. Uh, because... Think about it. You questioned when you were younger. I'm sure you probably had moments where you're like, well, that's weird. I don't know. Maybe not. But like, I had hey, questions. I was like, that's maybe. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, especially as teenagers. Yeah. You, it's natural to rebel, you know? And right. so, like, they're going to ask these questions, and now they have a space where they can, they can ask them in front of you and counsel with you instead of hide it from you. Right. You know? Like, well, and vice versa, though, too. Uh, like where you can be open and you're treating your child rather than that's not really taught in an Me. LDS church thing like yeah. where it's kind of like you're the parent you be yeah, in control as at I least say. from an yeah. outsider's Versus perspective like yeah. it, treating them with general respect like sitting down and having a conversation with your child on asking if they wanted to be baptized mm-hmm. how many children get that opportunity or they're being told up oh, this is your date yeah. you know what I mean like, yeah. like it's yeah. like that seems pretty profound to me so, I don't I know. Mean, uh, go ahead. And in those moments, we've had to ask, like, so dad isn't going to do that. Like, who do you want, right? Like, uh, I think that's part of it. Like, we've got we've to have the conversation because, like, I'm not just going to choose someone to do that ordinance that feels so, you know, individual and sacred. Um, I feel like my kids have to choose, right? Yeah. Like, who matters to them in their life that, that they want to do those things, right? Yeah. So, like, if it is just – if Scott was just going to baptize or ordain or all those things, right, like – we don't have the conversation because it's just dad's doing it. Like, that's who mm-hmm. does it. Yeah. So we've had to kind of, like, yeah. you know, yeah. dig a little Whoa, deeper. What a gift that you can, like, show them that, like, it doesn't have to be me and I still respect your decision. Whoa, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah as, as, and I'm not, you know, to be fully transparent here, it, those that has been hard for mm-hmm. me, right? Um, again, going back to... You know the, the, how you know this idea of of what a what a good father is or good mm-hmm. man is in the church, and you know choosing to not baptize my son was was gut gut wrenching mm-hmm. for me. It was, I mean, one like, of the hardest sleepless things. Nights. I feel like yeah. there'd be so many nights we'd be laying there like going to bed, and next you know Scott's just like, "What am I doing? Like, yeah. Yeah. I should be doing this, but I don't feel like it's the right choice." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which so just hard. goes into the heaviness of what this does to the human psyche. Like, right. This yeah. is not. This yeah. is not a minuscule decision. Yeah. This oh. is. Yeah. 
everything. Right. It right. is and I think everything. A lot of people think it is like just this, like you said earlier, like, oh, do they want to sin? Right. Like, so yeah. they leave the church because they want to sin. But you're like, no, this is like, there, yeah. there's so much more going on here. Like, trust me, I would just sin and go to church. Sure. Right. Because like, <laughs> well, it's easier. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it really is. Yeah, yeah. It's creating this dichotomy of do I abandon myself? Right. Like what and and where, you know, and, and you're doing this in your 40s. You're doing this and like you're you're going on and you're you're. I don't know. It just is. That's like a lot. And and that's, this is stuff that people think of in their 18, 19, 20. Who am I? What do I like? What are things that I like? What, 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 what kind of flavors do I like here? And, and that's kind of this idea of like the youth, right? But here you are, you're solidified, you're in a career, you're in a community, you're in this living, like, Mm -hmm. and now you're down a path. Yeah. 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 And now like the questioning actually feels more scary. Like, right. Where it's just like, it's like, this is not a little decision. Like it would be, if it were, it would be so much easier for you to continue through the motions. Head down, keep going. Yep. It it would. And and that's, and thank you for bringing that up because, you know, there is this, this narrative, even from the leadership of the church that there's an element of laziness to folks Mm -hmm. who leave the church. And it's, you know, the, the now infamous lazy learners um, uh, talk that um, President Nelson gave. Was that just last? Anyway, recently. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I try not to let that stuff bother me too much because it, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing I can do about it. But, you know, there there could not be more opposite. Mm-hmm. I have 100%. I have been more, you know, dedicated to yeah. to learning, you know, truth and and. And, and and figuring out myself and putting mm-hmm. in work that I've put off for years, mm-hmm. you know, to try and overcome, you know, trauma and things in my life yeah. more now than I ever have. And I'm a better version of myself than I've ever been, you know, uh, before. I, I, I truthfully, I honestly think that, you know, with the kids, just to kind of jump back to that real quick, there's there's a concept that um, that becomes a theme if you're in the post-Mormon world especially if you listen to, uh, speaking of another podcast, if you listen to Mormon yeah. stories, there's this concept that's brought up a lot of the lack of informed consent in yes. the church. So we make these decisions um, at a young age. I mean, you can argue whether or not a, a child at eight can grasp what they're doing. They, mm-hmm. not, they, they don't really understand, right? Mm-hmm. But even decisions you're making throughout your life to go on a mission to impact other people's lives yeah. based mm-hmm. on this, what you teach. Yeah. And I'll touch on that in a minute, too, because there's a, something there to speak to. But yeah. the lack of in, informed consent. And so that really resonated with me. You know, this idea that, like, you're making decisions without knowing the full picture. Mm-hmm. And that's not, I mean, that's not really right. And I don't, again, I don't place any any of that necessarily on on individual families, certainly not my family for teaching it. I'm being cautious there because I, and how I talk about this thing is because I really don't blame my family, yeah. my parents. I don't at all. I do blame the church, you know, because the church has known all along about these, these difficulties and issues right. in history and whatever. Right. And they've, they've crafted a narrative and they've stuck with it. Right. And, and because of that, it, there's, there is a, a, a disturbing amount of uh, a lack of informed consent. And so what I want to create for my children is, the ability for them, as they become age appropriate, mm-hmm. to make a decision on their for their own spirituality, yeah. with informed consent, and we're we're getting to that point with our oldest, right? Where, I mean, we were talking. I don't know if it was before we started recording or not, but he's um, he's he. 
He's 13, but he's always been very well-spoken. He loves speaking, talking to adults. He wants to be part of our conversations all the time. It's annoying a lot of the time. <laughs> but the, but the, the fact is, is that um, we, I haven't hid any of this from him. I've let him in because I know he can handle it. I know he, can, he, he, he has an amazing heart. And he and he knows who I am, mm-hmm. and so you know I want I want him to make his own decisions, knowing knowing the the full picture. And I will I will one hundred percent support him no matter what, no matter what he chooses. If if you know you know given that path to a decision, yeah. you know and and um and it's he's only thirteen, so we don't know where that'll end up. But yeah. you know he's we're already seeing him process things that. I don't think I certainly wasn't as a 13 year old. It's okay for him to come to his parents and say, um, I was taught something today that I don't think is right. And we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. And yeah, you're right, Greg, that, that, that wasn't right. You know, or we'll help him work through it. He can make a decision if he wants to go or not, you know, and, and anyway, so that's, yeah. I just wanted to, to mention that around um, that idea of informed consent and, you know, credit to shout out to John Dolan and yeah. the folks over there for, and it's not their concept, but applying it here is really just really resonated with yeah. me in the realm of, of faith transitions. Yeah. One other um, thing that I've had to reckon with related to, uh, I guess, what I was taught as a missionary, what I was told to tell people as a missionary that's really kind of heartbreaking for me now is this idea that, so I, again, I, I served a Spanish-speaking mission, so we were, I was, I was teaching immigrants who were come seeking, you know, to this country seeking a better life. And um, in, a lot, in a, a lot of cases, some very notable cases, it, the church helped these people in a great, a great deal. So I recognize that up front. But one of the things I really struggled with now is this idea that I was told to teach these people that the Book of Mormon is a, was written by their direct ancestors. So the church who is all about genealogy and family history. So we know now that that's not, that's yeah. not true, yeah. right? There's been well, DNA studies and... Is it like the, that their ancestors were the Lamanites? Is that what it thank is? Thank you. Yes, let's be more direct. That okay. the ancestors that, um, of the Native American indigenous people to this continent, mm-hmm. including those in Central and South America are direct descendants of the Lamanites from the Book of Mormon. There's been, in the last several, you know, 10, 20 years, there's been DNA studies that disproves that entirely. The church had to reword some things in the introduction of the Book of Mormon to accommodate that. This is a small thing that may seem, but I learned to really love these people. Mm -hmm. Like, I love, to this day, I just love them. I love their culture. Mm -hmm. Lyric and I went to Puerto Rico on a trip recently, and... And I just love being just there's this vibrancy to mm-hmm. to you know the culture of central South American Caribbean Spanish speaking folks that's just so beautiful and I love it and and the idea that i I was giving them some some sort of false narrative about their own their own like ancestry I don't know why, but it just really has been it's eats it eats at me like it bothers me not that I did that intentionally, so I think i can give myself some grace there, but those sorts of things as you as you work through, you know, deconstructing mm-hmm. and rebuilding what your faith is or or, or not are hard, okay. are really hard. Um, anyway, I, I, so I just I wanted to bring that up just because I thought it was it's just it's something that illustrates a point and, I, and it's been hard 
part yeah. for me. So when you realize that there's harm being done and mm. you recognize your part in perpetuating that yeah. it really it doesn't feel good right yeah that part is really hard just like oh man shoot i was a part of that right. and like i have impacted other people you know in this way too you you told her you have questions yes you so keep let's get back going to that. for yeah. three years You're right and the pandemic happened mm -hmm. so it's an easy step away but right. it comes with its own baggage Challenges. Mm -hmm. and so now you're in a space where you guys as a couple are learning how to navigate this together with one yes. in and one out right right okay yeah no so that's exactly right i mean i think that's where we where we we find ourselves today and i, I think one thing i'll say about me personally where i'm at um you know one one big hurdle that i only recently overcame that has been really freeing for me was I finally was able to sit down and talk to my mom about this, which yeah. was really hard because I knew it was going to, I knew it, no one ever wants to know that they're breaking their mom's heart. Yeah. And like, I certainly am doing that. And I recognize that. I think I give her all the credit for listening. And I think she is doing a wonderful job of trying to understand and, and, you know, our, our relationship hasn't changed. And again, a lot of people can't say that, right? Yeah, so I'm yeah. fortunate that these two women in my life, you know, uh, Lyric especially, and, and my mom, through this have not, you know, I haven't been, not, nothing, you know, these, those relationships haven't changed. And that's not true for a lot of people mm -hmm. that I know mm -hmm. personally that um, don't yeah. have relationships with their family because they made this decision. Yeah. And, and so that was a big moment. You know, I, I, I was in therapy for about a year, and that was a, a lot of the focus was around, you know, healing from, you know, the, I, I focus a lot on, you know, the trauma of losing my dad and, and then just on the, this faith transition and, and working through, um, and up to the point where I felt confident enough to, to sit down and speak with her. And I'm really grateful we had that time. And I know, well, there's more probably we need to talk about, but it was, it was hard, but, um, ever since then, I've felt like this more confidence, you know, I, I yeah. would not have been been able to do this, mm -hmm. sitting down and doing this podcast right now, if I hadn't have had that moment, right? And um, mm. oh, wow. yeah. and so that that's you know just in terms of where where I'm where I'm at personally, um, and and lyrics on her own journey. But you know I think right now yes we're 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 very much in the midst of trying to figure out what does this look like, and it, it sometimes changes week to week. I do go. I hold a calling. I. You know, like I'm in the youth program, so I'm like with the young women. I'm like, I feel like I'm busy with that, which sometimes is challenging to figure out like how that works, you know? this It's just like having to be more like open communication because I feel like mm. there are times that I'm like, I don't feel like you're supporting me yeah. <laughs> like you would have if you were going to church, right? And then like we... But, like it can be hard in the moments, but we like work through it. And then he's like, oh, you're right. I probably, probably not. <laughs> and then we, you know, get to a better space. Yeah. Is that triggering for each other? Like, I mean, if she's participating in these events that like cause harm and like trauma to you, like, is that hard to like, to be supportive in a situation? For, yeah. And like similar to you, like, do you feel like this is really triggering Scott? Like I just wish you would just do the So thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll take this and I'm, I'm going to, tiptoe here because because lyric is on her own journey mm -hmm. and and right and so i don't want to i don't i don't want to venture into that but knowing where lyric is and knowing who she is 
does it do I am I bothered? No, I'm not bothered that she's participating, especially with youth, because lyric mm-hmm. lyrics voice is desperately needed among with these young girls. Mm-hmm. You know, her her perspective is needed. I recognize that. Do I? You know, I think it's a battle we can win. Probably not in terms of the narrative that they're being taught. I no, hope. Uh, I should, hope yeah. For that. <laughs> well, and maybe so. I, I'm maybe yeah. totally pessimistic there, but like, I recognize that she is bringing a perspective that is really desperately needed, especially in this area. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, there are times when it's inconvenient that she has to go and do something for church. And I do react probably differently now than I would have before. And I acknowledge that I, I do. And there are, so there are times, yes, where I'm, I'm like, you know, this is silly or whatever. And it's, it's, you know, it's causing this major inconvenience and I don't have that but it's your calling part anymore to say like, oh. but you're fulfilling your calling, so it's okay. I mean, I I do have that, but it's it's obviously that's changed. It my, yeah, it's that, changed that for me. Yeah. Land the same. Like it, that, yeah, exactly. So um, that's my perspective. That I you know, as long as she lyric is going, I know she's 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 not going through any mo any any motions. She's doing mm. it her way. She's always has, mm-hmm. you know, like um, yeah. amazingly done it her own way and. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that's just value that she brings to those those girls. I've seen it, you know, yeah. myself. And when we're in the Swahili branch, with the, working with the refugees, I mean, we're still super close with all with all these kids. Love them like our own. I know how she connects with mm-hmm. with young women, and I know that the value that she brings. So, in that, I'm able to I'm able to to, you know, I guess that's that's how I I'm I'm good with it because yeah. I know she's doing amazing work. But it, like for me, it is hard, like, because um, we used to do a lot of it together. So yeah. that is like sometimes when I'm like, man, if like I could feel like your support, like it's because it's not like it's not supporting me, but it does feel sometimes like I'm like, well, I'm just doing this and I'm on my own, and that can be hard. But it could feel hard to to pivot in that way, right? Where it's like the church provided that togetherness, and right. so. Now we have to find something else right. to find that together. Yeah, because I mean, like, we were in the youth a lot together, right? Sure. So we were, like, totally, that's, like, what we were doing yeah. all the time. Yeah. And and I I mean, even Scott now, I feel like is a, should be with the youth, right? Like, working with them. And not that I think he needs to be there, but I'm saying, like, he also was that for a lot of the youth, right? Like, yeah. a different voice, a different thing. And so sometimes for me, like, it is a little hard to be, like, I'm up, I'm going, and, and there there are things that I have issues with, like 100%. There are things yeah. that really upset me in the church, but, like, it's where I'm at, and I'm still going. And sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe it would be easier if we were, like, just fighting it out together. Um, Definitely. But I don't feel, like, alone. Like, right. um, I think my sometimes my bigger thing is, like, when I'm – when things really, like, shake me with the church, like, um, like or if I'm really, like, mad about something – Sometimes I feel like I can't talk to Scott about it because, like, isn't it easy? Not that he would do this, but be like, well, let's be done. Like, we just can <laughs> yeah. be done together, yeah. right? And I'm like, like I'm, yeah. not, I'm not to yeah. that level. And so a lot of times I go to, like, other people, right? I've got friends or, like, family or stuff that I, like, reach out to because I'm like, well, if I, you know, yeah. hash this out with him, like, it, it is easy to look at it and be like, look how much stress this is putting on our life. Can't we just, like, take it out? Like, just move away from the church altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that, and that's, you know, 
all of that's true. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it, this is hard and messy yeah. and it's, and, and, you know, there, I, and I know that there have been times and I know she feels alone, you know, and, and, and I have felt the same, you know, there's been moments, very, a lot of very lonely moments and anyone who's gone through this would mm-hmm. say that, you know, so it's, it's hard. And again, I think that that is what it really speaks to what we were talking about before around being really intentional about how, how we, on, on, on what wavelength and how we connect now, because it's not just handed to us. Like, mm. you know, you're yeah. now, you, Scott, you are the young men's president. Brothers, in the, sisters. That's right. Yeah. You're the, yeah. you're, Scott, you're the, you're the young men's president in the refugee branch and Lyric, you're going to be the young women's president. So we did this together, together, mm-hmm. truly together, you know, and that wasn't the only time. Right. And, and so now it's not that those opportunities aren't just handed like they, like they were. Sure. So we have to figure, figure that out. And, and um, it's a hard place to be. Um, no question. Well, and I think too, like, it's interesting because probably before, like, I would have just been gone at like activities or on Sunday, like in meetings and all these different things. And I would have never thought to even like run it by Scott. Like I would just be there, right? Like you just have like Sunday, you're going to be at church for two hours and then you might have a meeting after like, you know, and then maybe later you have to go back for like a fireside or something. Right. And then Tuesday's our activity and I might have to have a meeting with my class that day. Right. And I would have just done it and it would have like maybe even no communication about it at all. Just like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And now I feel like I do need to like talk about it more, but like, that's not a bad thing. It's right. It's more just being like, Hey, I've got this. And maybe some of it is too, that I'm, I start to feel like, well, this does take a lot of my time where I didn't notice it before. Mm. Right. Cause before it was like both of us time that it was taking. Yeah. Right. And now I'm going, Oh, you're right. Like here I am again, have this other activity I need to go to and be a part of. And like, I'd like to, you know, be home with my family yeah. yeah, and that because it's not somewhere that we connect like we don't go to church you know right. together and that so I need to do other like find other areas that we are like sure. spending time as a family yeah. and doing things which is hard but fine like it's not bad I don't want it to sound yeah. like it's bad right yeah. I think you know a lot of people may, may listen to you know, kind of this part of our story and think like well wouldn't it just be easier if like she said if you, if she just were to leave yeah. <laughs> You know, she's she's alluded to. She has her own issues that she's working through with the church. You know, and um, and and I'm I'm not going. Wouldn't it just be easier if one of us just joined the other? <laughs> and uh, what, what which I mean for me, just go back and whatever. And and I you know I've thought about that a lot, and I I just think that I am honoring and respecting and loving Lyric for where she is on her journey, and she's doing the same to me. And, you know, if I were to go back right now, actually, you know, there have been times, many times through this journey for me, where I have in moments of desperation, sometimes in the middle of the night through tears, you know, crying on in bed because it's, I'm, I'm in this struggle mm-hmm. where I'm just saying, I, this is not worth it. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to go, I'm going to go back. I'm going to fake it. No, I'm just going to pretend I'm none just, of this came up. Like it never happened. Yeah. And I'm like, it'll keep everybody around me happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know, and. Yeah. You know, outside of especially those who love and care for me outside my home, my family, Lyric's family, you know, it'll, it's not going to make waves like I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And Lyric, without fail, every single time has said, no, like, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't let you because she's seen that, like, this has been a positive for me. Mm-hmm. And um, she has done a great job of honoring where I'm at mm-hmm. and and, you know, 
to the point where that may sound crazy for people in the church to hear me say, you know, I'm going to give up. I'm going to go back to the church, you know, go back to church or whatever. And for her to say no is counterintuitive to anything you would expect to hear from from a wife who's still going. But that just shows, you know, the depth of her, I guess, love and understanding and care and and, and how she honors where I am. Yeah. And I'm trying to do that in, in, in return. And I, and I do honor and, you know, I, I do. I, I believe I do. And I'll let her speak to to it if she believes she agrees. <laughs> I do, I, I do. I, I, you know, like, I, I think see. we both like, have uh... no, no, no. I just don't want to sound. <laughs> I don't want to portray. I don't want to portray something that she doesn't. I, I think she believes. Me, no, right? I do. Yeah, but like I, that that's the point is that like, I don't want her just to give up either. Yeah. I don't want her, you know, just to bail because it would be the easier thing when she's not ready. Mm. And so you know, I think that that's um, that right now puts us in some situations that are can be challenging sure i think at the end of the day we'll be able to look at each other wherever we end up and know that we like we 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 did it the hard way and we did it i think the right the right way yeah, yeah. some would argue that there's I mean, I just, no I, such thing as the right way when you're leaving the church but. <laughs> yeah but i mean i really just feel like like it goes back to what i was saying before with our kids and stuff like it really has put us in these areas where we have to like talk about things and make decisions and like we have talked about like how do we make it so Sunday isn't just like mom's going to church and the kids go with mom and dad stays home or, you know what I mean? And like, we've had to decide that like, you know, some Sundays, like we just go do stuff as a family. Like we get up and that's what we're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not church. And the thing is, is like, we've done that. And like, I mean, I just, I think sometimes you'd expect that it, it would be like these negative experiences, but it never has been. Like, it really is like our kids are excited to be doing that. Like all of us together, you know, and like they're happy to go to church and do that too. Like it's not like on the days we go to church, it's bad. It's just like kind of deciding like what we need mm -hmm. as a family. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I do like because I'm in the young women's like that is not a Sunday that's up for like activities, right? right? Like yeah. Scott knows it, and the kids know it. like that is a Sunday that I'd like to be there. But like yeah. if there's another Sunday that we've got something that we need to do or that we'd like to do, like yeah. it's open. And I think I think it's good for our kids to see that like that he's supporting me in that and I'm supporting him, right? Absolutely. Like that, like that matters. Yeah. And they're seeing that because mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of times too, like, especially in the church, it is a lot of, like the men provide and they're the breadwinners and, and that's the narrative that kids see, yeah. you know? And so like, maybe I'm not out here like providing for my family, but they're seeing that like both of our paths matter mm -hmm. and we're both going to give, you know, yeah. grace and, um, and concern for each mm -hmm. other in those paths and how yeah. it kind of you're plays not, out. You're not asking the other to betray themselves to right. make it easier for you. Right. You guys are being respectful. Yeah. That's, I mean, the, man, these are the life lessons. Yeah. That is church, by the way. Yeah. That is church. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like Preach. learn that lesson yeah. for reals. There's, I don't want to jump ahead of your questions, but there's no, one that I want to touch on. I don't even know if I have an answer for it, but one of the questions you sent, you know, to prepare with or for me to prepare us to prepare is what would you tell your younger self? Mm -hmm. And that one's been really intriguing because like, I, I don't know if I have an answer. I actually don't know. It's you know, you're not on TikTok. You're not watching those videos where people are like younger self, older I, self. Yes, yeah, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, you're not seeing that? No. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, I, I need to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> so. I love it. It's interesting we've been bringing this one up because I, I actually don't, I don't have a great answer there because if I look back on my life, are there things I would do differently? Sure, definitely. You know, but I don't know if I would change anything, for example, about my childhood or, or 
you know how how I was taught because if any changing any of that would have would require my mom and dad and people around me to be not not true to themselves Mm -hmm. they they were and are being true to themselves I I don't want that to change for anyone right I suppose you know I I would I would want my younger self to know that you know, we talked a little bit about how when I would when I would allow questions to creep in and I would feel so terrible about it, mm-hmm. I would want to go back and tell my help my younger self to understand the idea of giving yourself some grace and understanding of your own just of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's a lot of shame that's embedded in in the church experience for a lot of people. For for myself as a teenager doing things that normal teenage boys do and you know, there's a lot of shame that comes around. So, you know, just those types of things in those moments where I felt so shameful and so just broken, mm-hmm. you know, and wrong and whatever, insert whatever word you want, I probably felt it. And I probably would want to go back and tell myself just to, you know, I would want my younger self to understand the concept of, of giving yourself some grace. Yeah. I, I think that's it. I don't, th- I don't think I would change anything else because I think that would allow myself to um, sit with those feelings and, and be okay with those things, you know, and perhaps not have gone down the path that I did in some areas to, to mask pain, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I had not to overshare here. I think I'm comfortable saying this. I, I've had moments in my younger life where I had some dependency issues on, you know, I, I misused drugs, you know, and things that, that, um, were hurt myself and people around me. And, um, and I was just trying to bury in some cases, physical pain. And in a lot of cases, just pain. I didn't know what it was. So I think I would, I would just want to let, let that space expand Mm -hmm. in my younger self so that I could, I could not feel like I have to bury pain or negative emotions. Anytime it comes up, I still struggle with that. I still struggle with shoving down and not wanting to confront hard things because I just I just didn't and, and so I think I would want my younger self to learn that yeah. sorry no, I mean, no yeah, one of no, my please. biggest fears of why I feel like I don't know if I'll ever step away is because like I my children are like I I fear for that yeah yep. that the minute mm-hmm. I leave and we we aren't this mixed family that like we aren't going anymore right mm-hmm. yeah what does it do to that what does it do yeah. yeah. I mean, I have the same feeling of like, we have a pride flag in our window, right? And I, I'm not even kidding you. Like when I have people that like my five-year-old meets at school and they want to do a play date and they're coming to our house, I, I have a little bit of like, oh, this could be the first or the last. And I totally feel yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like as someone who is yeah. going to church, that pride flag puts me, right? Like I could now not be accepted yeah. and my kid can't play with yours. Yeah. And it's a, it's a real thing. Like yeah. it is there. I wasn't yeah. trying to say that it's not no. there because it yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it is why I, like when things start getting rough and I start feeling like more shelves falling, right? To use that analogy that I'm like, yeah. well, I think if I leave, like, will my kids have any friends? Like, mm. yeah. or will the friends they do have no longer yeah. let yeah. them around? Yeah. Well, to be fair, you know? I have an amazing group of friends <laughs> and I, uh, I, that I'm okay. Right, like that's yeah. fine. So, I know, just, but you like just if you it. need that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and, and I think our yeah, that's I a mean, valid. There's even people, people that I don't even let them know Scott's like situation sure. with the church because I'm like, well, if they know that he doesn't go, like, where does but that fall? Isn't that crazy? How much collateral that has in this community? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's like, 
Mm, it has a lot yeah. of collateral. Mm-hmm. I feel that all the time. And it is, I think there are principles to, like, when they, so, like, when you're going to, like, young men's and young women's, they're teaching you, like, not to drink, not to do drugs, and not to hang out with that crowd. Like, mm-hmm. they teach you specifically to... Yes. To yeah. not interact with those yeah, that are doing true. those things, which yeah. Yeah. It, by default means in most cases, well, in a lot of cases, the ones who aren't members is what, yeah, yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you, they're kind of alluded that they're the ones that aren't the members, even though that might not be the truth. Oh, which, is, oh, yeah. which is what's it's really like crazy. outside of it. Like, yeah. like I was consistently blamed yeah. for my friend's poor decisions. And for the record, I was probably an angel compared to some of my Mormon friends. Oh, yeah. sure. oh, yeah. oh, 100%. oh you know, I have never in my life snuck out until I slept over at a Mormon friend's house and she said, well, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, I said, I'm going to call my mom. Yeah, I called my mom to tell my mom that, that I was sneaking out, out of my hilarious. friend's house. And yeah. she said, Okay, have fun. <laughs> yeah. She's like, why are you calling? Yeah, yeah like, but yeah. but just like, like I didn't even know yeah. what that concept was until mm-hmm. it was through these friends. Where it's like, yeah. I learned what rebel what rebellion was right? through yeah. my LDS friends, which I feel like which is kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I feel like growing up where I did in Idaho, where it was really a mix, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't yeah. so like mm. Mormon stuff, right? There like was thirty a pretty, or forty percent Mormon, yeah, or less than that, maybe even like half. I don't like 50 yeah. 50, but like, because I'm saying, like, we would all go out, you know, hanging out, and you're like, oh, it was a mix of who was doing what, sure, right? sure, sure. And I think it, it, there is a beauty in not growing up here in Utah because of that, yeah, right? Because it gets mm-hmm. really hard to like understand like how to make decisions or whatnot when everyone yeah. around you is Mormon, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, just to talk, I mean, like a little bit about that because there, there is all this built in. Phrases or or even doctrine in the church to explain away people like me. Mm -hmm. There's this thing that you you hear, and I heard all the time growing up. I can say right now, even the very elect shall be deceived. Mm -hmm. You know, and even so, even the sifting of the wheat and the tares, and the the, uh, yeah, like um, Mm -hmm. all just stuff that when when you're going through, and that's super like that's hurtful. What do they say? Don't wait till the final hour. Like yeah, too, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and and now you know, I, I'm sitting on the side where I am. It's interesting that there's phrases like "deceived" being used because mm-hmm. you know I'm just I'm gonna say something bold here. I've I've not been very super bold against the church, but I will say that the only place that I have been deceived, purposely deceived, is from the church. Mm-hmm. And again, not not from my parents. And they taught the gospel as it was, you know, as it was given to them. But the church is known all along and has purposely decided to teach a narrative that they know is not true. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, so now when you hear those phrases, it just it it just kind of grinds at me. Oh, it, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. like, it, it, anyway, it is, it's hurtful. But, um... Well, because language matters. I don't know what I am, or the wheat, or the tear, but I am happier than I've been, and I'm I have I have a you know a more open and fulfilling relationship with my wife and virtually everybody around me. Mm, So that can't be a bad thing, you know. And um, so it's you know. I know. I feel like that's something that like people like. I think it's hard to probably hear, and they probably don't fully get it or think it's true, but like. I feel like we've probably never been in a better space. 
than we are right now. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, right, like not saying that we don't like still have fights or issues like arguments, but like I feel probably more connected, mm-hmm. more open, mm-hmm. like, you know, more working towards the same goal than we ever were. Well, yeah, you guys are more actually on a team together now. Yeah. Like, you have to communicate and problem solve together. You're not yeah. just, like, taking whatever answer is given to you. You guys are actually, like, team playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, like, we, like, I hear things or, you know, like, just different things come out with the church or things. And we, like, we're talking about it. Where before, like, we might have listened to, like, all of conference and never had a discussion about it. Oh, yeah. Where now, mm-hmm. you know, like, certain things happen or, like, I, maybe I'm preparing a lesson for church and I'm like, oh, I just can't. Can't do it. I can't give this part <laughs> yeah. of the lesson. Like, I've got yeah. to kind of, like, you know. And it's, like, we're talking uh, about that yeah. in ways that we never would have before. Yeah. So, like, I like it's. I think it's, like, really beautiful. It's just interesting. One other thing I'll, I'll say here, you know, I'm sitting here talking about how, you know, I've been hurt or harmed or, you know, it's been hard. And it has. Don't want to, again, going to recognize all of that. But I also, especially right now, with what's gone on recently at – um, BYU with Elder Holland's talk and just in the last well at forever um, I want to recognize that there are those in this church or um, around the church who have been truly harmed mm-hmm. in a way that I can't even comprehend and I just want to acknowledge my own I guess privilege being a white male straight male in this church in this in this yeah. world not to again not to to diminish what I've what's been hard for me but I think it's really important that we acknowledge you know what has happened recently and the really truly harmful rhetoric that's come from the highest leadership of the church against people who just want love Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here with my wife and our relationship is embraced and honored and validated is valid in the eyes of everybody and I have that love that simple love that they seek and um, it is invalidated, and they are told they cannot have it, and you know, or if they have it, they're they're living in sin, mm-hmm. and it's caused physical harm. You see it in the rates of uh, suicide attempts. It's terrible. So I just want to acknowledge that <laughs> we are privileged to be who we are, and um, this is a an area that we're passionate about. As she mentioned earlier, that we we participated in marches. And rallies and little things that are just they're easy to do but we we feel we feel this need to i guess help in some small way you know and um so you know the pride flag what and people ask why we fly the, the the pride flag in our home uh for everyone to see and it's like if some if one person can drive by mm-hmm. in this in this area in particular who was queer and see that flag and feel like I've got that that house. I don't know them, but like I know that they accept me. Worth it. Just yeah, that, worth it. Yeah, that there are people you know? in the community that right. say I see you. Exactly. Yeah. Like and that that's not a small act. Right. It's not. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod, or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.